Hello there. Don't be alarmed. We're just preparing your listening device for Scuba Radio, the world's first radio show devoted to diving. We do this, of course, by filling the radio with water. Don't worry. We're professionals. Thanks to me, you won't even get wet. You see, I've crammed every appendage of my body into the cracks and crevices of your radio, ensuring an airtight seal. By the way, don't touch your on-off knob. That's a very sensitive area. Anyway, I should remind you, we believe in the buddy system just like diving, so don't listen alone. Call your buddy and tell them that Scuba Radio is about to begin. We're going to start a new life under the sea. So, uh, am I going to drown? Of course not. Just stay calm and let the gentle currents relax your every muscle. Under the sea. Under the sea. Did it just get warmer? There'll be no accusations. Just friendly crustaceans under the sea. Where the hell are the sharks? And now, here's your dive guide for Scuba Radio, Greg the Dive Master. And welcome to Hour 2 of the world's first radio show devoted to diving. I am Greg the Dive Master in the Florida Keys. I got CJ, I got Mark the Shark. We're having a big time, uh, just a blast, getting ready to head over to the History of Diving Museum here in uh, Isla Morada, and we'll get to that in just a bit. But I've been hanging out with the dive god, Neil Watson, and Captain Slate. The guy who feeds fish with his face, he's a legend. Both of these guys are legends. Uh-huh. And, uh, you know, there, there's a lot I haven't been able to cover on the show because we'd be kicked off the air. But uh, I'm going to try to see if we can talk to these guys and, and uh, answer a question that I've thought about for years. And now that we got them together, which is a rare opportunity uh, in itself, like how did they meet? How did, these, how did the streams cross, Neil? Do you even remember when you first found out about Captain Slate or he found out about you? Well, I, I think Slate found out about me before I found out about him. But Slate would know more. He, he would have the story. He would have the story. Okay, so when did you find out or meet the dive god there, uh, Captain Slate? Well, I can't. I got into teaching scuba up in Jacksonville around 70, 72. And, of course, got to know everybody in the scuba industry in Florida and in the Bahamas. And, of course, Neil Watson, Neil Watson, Neil Watson. Right. He had every store in the Bahamas. Yeah, so. Four world records and, and, and I, Guinness uh, Book. Yeah, and yeah. I heard about his three world records, four. And so, I mean, I had to meet the guy. So when I moved down here and owned the dive shop in 78, me, Tom Greeno, and, the, and a gaggle of crazy people took Tom's boat over to, to Bimini to see Neil at, dive with him at the shop. And... Of course, Tom and him are best buddies. Tom ran over there like at least weekly. So I'll get out of the boat, and here's Neil standing there and got his Marine hat on and in all his glory. And I went, holy. Like, who is this bronze Adonis? Was that kind of what it was? Just exactly like I yeah, thought. because back be. in the day, I mean, he, I mean, uh, all these years later, Neil is an impressive uh, human being. But back in the day, oh, my God. If you Google Neil Watson, he literally is like a Greek god yes. when it comes to the physique. I mean, and I say that as a totally straight human being. You know what I'm saying yeah, yeah. there, Neil? Well, thank you. Yes, okay. But that well, is. It. I mean, come on, ex Marine. He had weights in his yard on the bench, you know, where he's worked out every day. Right. And, you know, I thought. I thought I was a good-looking guy, and I said, oh, hell, there he is. There he is. There he is. And so we we get there, and, of course, I was impressed, got to meet him, and we're talking, and his beautiful wife comes out, Vicky, and we started talking. The first of many. Yes. Okay, and just said, to get that out there. I, said, uh, I could. I noticed a twinge in her accent, a southern girl. I said, where uh-huh. are you from? Because she sounded like me, and she goes, Winston-Salem, North Carolina. And I said, well, I won't tell you what I said. I said, so am I. 
You know, and that's all it took. And next thing you know, they're off uh, to the side, just talking all night. Then I think we went. Di- with, I think I yeah, think we went diving. Went diving, and of course, my first dive with Neil. I mean, he's got this little uh, Hawaiian backpack. Hawaiian backpack. Yeah, it was just no, a, like a, a buckle in front. Yeah, over his shoulders. Right? Yeah, it's a, it's just like old school uh, diving school and, stuff. Yeah, yeah. diving my regular. Scuba Pro VC, and we're down on the wall, I don't know, 80, 80, 90 feet, and we're cruising along, and Neil comes up right in front of me, takes his backpack off, yeah. tank, regulator, hands it to me. What? And I'm thinking, okay, I'll hold it. And then he takes off down the wall, free diving, and I look down, and I'm going, am I going to be the guy that tells the story about Neil dying? Right. You know, the man on the first dive. So I'm five minutes, I don't know, two minutes later, I feel this tap on my back. He had done a circle on the wall and come up behind me. <laughs> Scared the crap Spooked out of me. him. And I handed Spooked him you. his backpack, his tank back. And I went, welcome to Neil Wat- the diving world of Neil Watson. But wow. He did that every time. He did that all the time. That was just one of your uh, go-to tricks. And then it morphed eventually into the whole penis nose and, and glasses well, thing eventually. Thank God everybody gave me back my tank. Yeah. Well, exactly. <laughs> yeah, he didn't spook him too much. Dude, 437 feet. I guess that, that wasn't. Kind of yeah, that, 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 that wasn't much of a feat. Well, exactly. To go diving 80 feet down a wall at uh, at 80 feet depth. I'm well, there like, you okay. go. Well, that that's uh, <laughs> you know that that's what it was you know for the dive god back in the day. And then when you found out he fed uh, fish with his face, what did you think of Captain Slate? <laughs> I thought, well, I got to try that. <laughs> okay, you did that too. I did. Yes. Successfully, I got a I got a figure that don't go straight as a result. Okay, well, so once think, again, I stick with sharks. Yeah, they're 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 safe. They're friendly. The barracudas uh, ain't going there. Yeah, leave that to Slate. Let him do uh, do his thing. Now we got uh, Hunter with us uh, right now as well, who is uh, Captain Slate's son. And uh, you know, we had Hunter on Scuba Radio years ago when he's like ten years old. He's all grown up. You're working at the dive shop with your pa now, oh, yeah. right? Running the boat. Is that is that fun? Yeah, it's a great time. You know, running with the divers, hanging out. You can't beat diving. Come on. Yeah. And as, as uh, Captain Slate said earlier on that broadcast years ago, you know, Hunter was very energetic. And I said, what do you think of your dad? And he goes, oh, he's stupid or something like that. It was, I mean, has that changed, I guess, is the question there. I, I can't what? say. I definitely can't say it's changed. It's still there, maybe even more in his later years. But it's okay. It's, all it's right. okay. He's, do, he's doing what he loves. He's dad. Okay. Yeah, how can you not love you know, him, right? Exactly. Exactly. I mean, you, you have a, a quite the bloodline there my friend and it is rubbed <laughs> off I, I, I tell you i was gonna say yeah we've been uh, sharing some videos and hunter's uh, blazing his own trail just like neil watson uh, jr neil watson jr too same thing we met in the bahamas in bimini i was over there working and i was walking down the dock maybe had a couple drinks i don't know oh get and, out of here i'm looking i'm looking at a dive shop and i look to my left and i see a boat it looks very familiar you know to where I grew up, like my dad's right. boats and everything, right? So I'm looking at it, and I'm I'm certain this is my dad's old boat. And I tell my friends, and I hear something behind me. I hear Hunter. I'm, I turn around, and I go, Neil? There's Neil, Neil, Neil Jr. right there hanging out. Same. Oh, my God. And the rest is history. Rest you were kicked out of how many bar- bars that That's night? That's a dangerous combination. Yes. Yeah. How many bars in Bimini were you, uh, you know, uh, barred from that night? Do you I remember, don't Hunter? I remember, honestly. A yeah. couple. Well, I like to say, not far from the tree falls the apple or yeah, yeah, yeah. diver or whatever. Same I mean, 
Yeah, exactly. Uh, Neil Watson Jr. Make, making a name for himself in Bimini. And, of course, Hunter's doing this. Uh, same big time into fishing. I'm, I'm coming over to the Bahamas soon to be working with the, the everyone over there, too. Oh, really? Uh, oh, you're yeah. going to do some stuff to. in the Bahamas. Hey, but you're showing me some videos of you playing with uh, gators. gators. That was out in New Orleans when I was living there. Hey, someone bit. just dared you? That was no. kind of thing or what? It, 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 it kind of helps the tips you know, increase. So if you kiss a gator in front of some people, they like that. You know? Kiss a gator. That's I mean, all it takes. <laughs> On. Is that how it happened when you start feeding, uh, yeah, you know, yeah, uh, barracuda it. with your face yeah, in a ballyhoo? And then uh, everybody on the boat. That's all it took. Yeah, oh, I got a fish sandwich and uh, sweet potato fries. Oh, yeah, yeah, we're at Snappers having some chow right now. Oh, that looks good. That's what you do. There's not a bad restaurant in the Florida Keys, I don't think. Is that right, Slate? You got a what? There's not a bad restaurant place to eat here in the Florida Keys. I mean, there's so many different places to go where it joins them. Well, that's true. There's a lot of competition, a lot of restaurants down here, but pretty much any place you go, you can get an amazing black and fish sandwich. Or what do you eat? You're in I shrimp? Mean, the shrimp, I guess, uh, pasta and shrimp. Right. Kind of like I love yeah. pasta. So okay, go. got the pasta, got the uh, the carbs going. What about you, Hunter? Are you a big health nut? I see you got the cheeseburger got the in paradise. Cheeseburger right here. Yeah, is that a, a tip of the hat to Jimmy Buffett? Yeah, or? exactly. Margaritaville. Come on. That's right. He's in paradise. But but you're uh, gonna trade your location maybe for the Bahamas. You might head over the Bahamas. Co- yeah. Why? It'd be pretty just, sweet. Why? What, well, yeah. What what is it about that's drawing you over there? You think? I think it'd be pretty sweet just to reunite. You know, the slates and the. Watson's back together. Too. Well, you know, when you cross the streams like that, God knows what can happen, right, Neil? Oh, it's a paradox, but God knows it'll be fun to watch. All right. We got more coming up from the Florida Keys next on the World's First Radio Show devoted to diving. This is the Worldwide Scuba Radio Network. Power, simplicity, reliability. It's what you demand of your dive computer, and Shearwater delivers. Shearwater evolved out of one tech diver's need for a reliable, easy-to-use rebreather dive computer and quickly became the tech market leader. Now recreational divers have taken notice. The Shearwater Terek is the best, most intuitive, and reliable wristwatch-sized dive computer on the market. Check it out in the entire line at Shearwater.com. Shearwater, dive computers for demanding divers. Come as a guest, leave as a friend. It's a philosophy that comes from the top down at Explorer Ventures Liveaboards. It doesn't matter if you're traveling solo with a buddy or group. Explorer Ventures does the liveaboard dive experience right. For proof, no Explorer Ventures has one of the best repeat customer stats in the dive industry. They're also the official liveaboard company of Scuba Radio. You've likely heard us talk about Explorer Ventures Scuba Radio Scuba Cruise trips many times, and we invite you to join us on the next one. However, whether we're on board with you or not, I'll bet an Explorer Ventures Liveaboard trip will be one of the best dive experiences you've ever had. It just doesn't get any better. Saba St. Kitts, Turks and Caicos, the Galapagos, Maldives, Indonesia, humpback whales, and the Silver Banks, new destinations and itineraries are being added all the time. Call one of their talented travel consultants to find the Explorer Ventures Liveaboard experience that's just right for you. 1 800 322 3577. That's 1 800 322 3577. Or visit ExplorerVentures.com. That's ExplorerVentures.com. 
Scuba action star Mike Scott is back in a new audiobook, Cayman Cowboys, Reefs Under Pressure. From author Eric Douglas comes the one that started it all. Listen as Mike deals with submarines, kidnapping, betrayal, and more. He didn't even have fins or a mask to let him see in the water. He was going to be slow and blind. If it weren't for the float, he knew there would be no way he would ever make it to the surface. Download Cayman Cowboys or Oil and Water, Return to Cayman, Turks and Chaos, and Lionfish at Amazon, booksbyeric.com, and audible.com. Surface interval is complete. You are now clear to dive with Scuba Radio. Scuba Radio. The world's first radio show devoted to diving. Scuba Radio. Dive, dive, dive. When you want fun, just read a page from my dive log book. I used to say, live and let live. You know you did. In this underwater world where we can dive in, should make one give it a try. Said, Live and let's dive. This is the world's first radio show devoted to diving. I am Greg the Dive Master in the Florida Keys with CJ Mark the Shark. We are having a great time. Uh, the weather's not cooperating too much with us. Uh, I, I'll tell you, what, it's beautiful outside, but it's blowing just a little bit and messing up the viz and the seas to the point that we're like, well, maybe we need to just uh, go with plan B and visit the History of Diving Museum. And if we can't be under the water uh, with all the cool stuff, and that we can learn about how we explore the underwater world with Lisa Mangilia. Or Lisa Manji. Uh, you take your pick, right, Lisa? Lisa Manji in the uh, diving community. Lisa Mangelia. Right. I am executive director at the History of Diving Museum. Yes, and good friend of Scuba Radio over the years. I mean, if you have not been to this facility, uh, you really need to plan a trip down here to the Florida Keys and visit this uh, this place. Uh, Mark the Shark, first time in the History of Diving Museum. What, what are your impressions there, Mark? Uh, Greg, words do not do this place justice. I, I'm so glad we got blown out today i tell you this is just stunning that's probably the only time in the world a diver would say that but when you have this as a a, something you could do on your surface interval or or as a plan b when you can't dive it really is quite an attraction truly unique to any place in the world for that matter i mean how how many exhibits you figure you have uh, lisa do you even know the number it's this place is huge so we have 14 core exhibits plus two featured exhibits that swap out annually and then we're adding two them all the time right and i told her i said look you need to do something for halloween because they have a lot of you know like those old classic uh diver you know commercial diver outfits that you'd see on scooby-doo and if i mean you, you i mean you do that 
during we Halloween. Do. You have a little trick-or-treat uh, thing there at the end of October. We do. On the Thursday, generally before Halloween, we have a treasure treats. So we have a costume contest. We let people come through, low lighting, some um, little scary spots in the exhibits. It's really a lot of fun. Right. Uh, CJ could come down and play Scooby-Doo, couldn't you? <laughs> Yeah, I think that's a yes in, uh, in dog language. But anyway, I digress. I mean, they always have uh, cool uh, exhibits year-round, but uh, every once in a while you have a, a, a special exhibit, and you have that one room right right now. It's Aquanauts to Astronauts. So tell us about that. What is that exactly? Correct. Usually between January and April, we have a t- dive into art with some different theme and then from may through the end of the year something more historic something more scientific aquanauts to astronauts was conceived from all the um, underwater aquanauts training at the aquarius reef lab and things that they do with a neutral buoyancy lab and the relationship of extreme environments and People don't realize, um, space nerds don't realize how much scuba nerds um, could, you know, they benefit from each other in these extreme environments. So to bring in different communities and, uh, you know, like you're a space junkie here. That's right. You know, uh, uh, Mark the Shark is actually a retired rocket scientist. Uh, You know, he's one of those people like, hey, what do you do? I'm a rocket scientist. Yeah, right. No, no, I really am. Right, Mark? I really am. He really is. And he's into the whole space thing and stuff. And, and, you know, he's also a scuba diver. Now, I don't know if it uh, was scuba diving first before you got into all that kind of stuff. I don't think it was, was it? No, no. I was engineer way before that. But I never really noticed the connection until I got here. Well, if if you don't know, a lot of people, you you know, uh, I think a lot of divers probably know this. But how the astronauts uh, train for space missions is with nasa they go out to houston they got this massive pool area and they do all these you know things that they got to do when they used to work on the space shuttle and the and the you know the station the space station they would do the uh the chores that they have to do in space underwater in that environment to kind of get the training right correct correct and it's the closest to microgravity that you can that you can do and actually one of our helmets that's on display in the parade of nations is a russian helmet that was used to train cosmonauts back in the day right i was flying off the walls of the turks and caicos just two weeks ago and i felt like i was in space it's i love doing that wall flying and and it does make you feel like you're you know on in one of those movie scenes and star wars flying through the uh, stars it's the closest thing we can do uh, to making it happen what do you think mark yeah no you're absolutely right it's uh yeah they're almost the same yeah and you can learn about how these astronauts train uh, underwater or were commercial divers you were telling us about the the one astronaut who actually was a commercial diver and he actually transferred into being an, uh, an astronaut and that's kind of what the exhibit covers those kind of stories and makes that connection for everybody correct and things that um, working underwater where things have to be tethered to you so that they don't fall and you don't lose them and um, they have the same kind of things that the engineers have to come up with with so that something doesn't float away in no ground so yes, like CJ, when he's my dive buddy, uh, I usually try not to have him tethered uh, to me, but sometimes, you know, you got to keep an eye on him, right? How dare you? Okay, I'm just saying. I preferred you as uh, Scooby-Doo, by the way, just, just for the record. Uh, anyway, okay, so right now we're in a uh, presentation room, and you have a, uh, a plethora 
of artwork on display that is going to be auctioned off, I guess, over the next few months from Jerry Garcia. What's going on with this? So we're in the uh, research library, the Bauer Research Diving Research Library, and on display are different cliches from the Jerry Garcia Foundation. They're images that he did. They all have certificates of authenticity and we're raffling them off to raise funds for our next Dive Into Art, um, which will have a coral creations theme. So these are all on our website, and I'll be bringing one to DEMA and raffling it off at DEMA. Yeah, I'll tell you what, you don't have to be a deadhead to be into this, because believe it or not, he's he was quite the uh, artist. I mean, this is uh, pretty cool stuff. He was an artist before he was a musician, and then he circled back to it later in life again. There you go. I heard years ago that he was uh, you know, an avid uh, ocean conservationist. Now, he was an avid diver, I believe, too. And, and I, some of it comes across in some of the artwork. There's some fish and things like that, but then there's some other things like a, a frog or a toad or a dinosaur. I don't know what the hell it is. Uh, art is in the eye of the uh, beholder, but it's Jerry Garcia, so it's worth billions probably. And uh, you can, uh, you, you're you going to set it up so people can can place a bid on this artwork and it'll benefit the history of diving museum i guess in the future right correct we're going to do an online auction we're going to be having you can buy the pieces outright each one of them um some of them are two thousand dollars some are two thousand seven fifty they're all on our website so you can just buy it there you go. or you can buy raffle tickets and then the uh, winner will get to choose which one they want Excellent. All right, we got more with Lisa, and we're going to find out about some coral restoration projects going on here uh, in the Florida Keys next. Scuba Radio. Scuba. Scuba Radio. Come as a guest, leave as a friend. It's a philosophy that comes from the top down at Explorer Ventures Liveaboards. It doesn't matter if you're traveling solo with a buddy or group. Explorer Ventures does the liveaboard dive experience right. For proof, no Explorer Ventures has one of the best repeat customer stats in the dive industry. They're also the official liveaboard company of Scuba Radio. You've likely heard us talk about Explorer Ventures Scuba Radio Scuba Cruise trips many times, and we invite you to join us on the next one. However, whether we're on board with you or not, I'll bet an Explorer Ventures liveaboard trip will be one of the best dive experiences you've ever had it just doesn't get any better save st kitts turks and caicos the galapagos maldives indonesia humpback whales and the silver banks new destinations and itineraries are being added all the time call one of their talented travel consultants to find the explorer ventures liveaboard experience that's just right for you 1-800-322-3577 that's 1-800-322-3577 or visit explorerventures.com that's explorerventures.com surface interval is complete. You are now clear to dive with Scuba Radio. Scuba Radio. The world's first radio show devoted to diving. Scuba Radio. Dive, dive, dive. That's our sister ship, the Athena. Went down with 88 souls just last week. I wonder how that happened. Hey, come on, Sharky. Hey, you want a piece of this? You call yourself the king of the jungle. The wetsuit's coming. The wetsuit's coming. The wetsuit's coming. I am 
I'm the man in black, but I'm not a fighter. I wear a black wetsuit and look 10 pounds lighter. So ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, get ready for the first diving show in the world. Super Radio, wetsuit's coming. 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 Super Radio. This is the world's first radio show devoted to diving. I am Greg the Dive Master. We're at the History of Diving Museum, and, and we're technically in Tavernier, right? No. Uh, where are we? Isla Morada? We are technically in Isla Morada at mile marker 83 in the beautiful Florida Keys. Right. So when you're driving south uh, towards Key West, it's right on the right. You can't miss it. They have a massive sign right there. And, uh, you know, if you think you should, you know, you drive past and don't stop, you're missing out because they, it's a really a hidden gem here in the Florida Keys, especially if you're into diving on any level, snorkeling, free diving. Uh, trust me, you're going to find something here at the History of Diving Museum that's going to uh, entertain you for a few hours at least. You think? <laughs> I do. Um, and we're open daily, 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. So it's great on the way in. It's great on the way out. It's great for a morning and then an afternoon dive. It's great to do an after- a morning dive, have lunch, and then come in the afternoon. There's no reason not to dive in to the History of Diving Museum. Well, there you go. Spoken like the person that runs the place, as, <laughs> as she should. Now, I will tell you, I'm going to give you a little extra tip here. This is a Greg the Dive Master uh, insider tip. The History of Diving Museum honestly has one of the coolest gift shops in the entire Florida Keys. Now, Lisa didn't tell me to say that, but I've been here several times, and I don't know where you guys gather all your stuff, but if you are a scuba diver, you are going to find stuff here at the uh, museum in their gift shop that I have never seen anywhere else. And uh, one of them, I'll just give them a shout-out right now. And I don't know if you were the one to procure this for the gift shop, but but they have literally uh, dive flag bar soap. Oh, yeah. And, and, and yeah, and CJ looked at me. I said, hey, you think I need one of these? And he goes, definitely. Yeah, I'd pick a couple up. Yeah, uh, <laughs> because he said I stunk. But uh, that was... <laughs> That, that's not why you would buy it. But it, I've never seen that before. And if you're a diver, and divers like flags and shirts and hats and different chotskis with, uh, you know, our favorite pastime, uh, you know, represented accordingly, you're going to find some pretty cool things here. Who finds all this stuff for you? You know, a, a lot of... A lot of us do. You know, I, I see things. I'm a diver. I've been a diver since high school. So whenever I'm out and about, I always have my eyes open about things that we could add to the store. Sometimes we come across artists and we ask them to create something unique, special for us, that they're not going to get anyplace else. I've got some um, scuba fins. I, I know that you've seen them. Instead of having a Christmas stocking, you can have a dive fin stocking. How nice. cool is that? Oh, I love that idea. Yeah, I didn't. I, th- those are out there. I might have to pick something up on the way out. But I'm telling you, it is it is truly unique uh, from any place in, uh, I've seen around. And and you can, I mean, they're not short of uh, souvenir shops here in the Florida Keys. Correct. They have a lot of those, and they all have uh, cool little unique things down here. But I'm telling you, if you're a diver, this is the place to get something truly unique to show, you know, your support and passion for our favorite pastime. One of the things we like to do is design unique shirts. Um, one of my favorites is The Dangers of the Deep because we actually have the original oil painting in the library. 
The original is that a movie? I don't know. Dangers of the Deep. It's what is a, that? It, it's a uh, oil canvas from the uh, early 1940s. Oh, okay. All right. Now that I'm looking at, yeah, I've seen that before. Sure, that's cool. Since you're talking about the gift shop, yeah. One thing that I remember, I like the shirt with the heavy metal. Oh yeah, right. Yeah. It's got the diving helmet. It says something like the original heavy metal or the five stages yeah. of heavy metal. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know the the old Mark V, uh, all the helmets from around the world. That mm-hmm. display here is like the centerpiece of the history of diving museum. I is that that has to be the the biggest collection of. Uh, dive helmets in the world probably isn't it actually the museum has got the is the largest international collection of diving equipment that's on display for the public yeah but but they have this whole display and they have a little show and how it progressed over the years with these uh helmets and and man these things are uh it's just cool mark uh, this was the first time he saw it was that the standout moment for you yeah well everything here i mean you've got guys that were you know putting barrels and, and dropped over the boat to go diving. I mean, right. Who does that, right? I'm telling you what, they, this place is loaded with Halloween costumes, especially in the early part of the exhibits. I mean, you grab some of these old diving helmets, you would scare the bejesus out of the neighbors of Halloween. Well, I mean, your face would do that by itself. Well, thank you. Um, I, it, yeah, it's like when Mark was here, I was excited to watch him get into it because I knew what this place has. And I said, dude, you're going to love this. So he gets in the first part, and he's like, wow, oh, my God, quote, direct quote, oh, my God. <laughs> Get around the cross. Wait till you see this room. Oh, wait till you see this room. He's right. just mind blown. Yeah, it's good stuff. But who was picking up the silver bar? Uh, Cock I Johnson. I was the only one strong enough. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I did it before, so I didn't want to show the other guys up. Bar. So I let CJ and that way Mark again? try. <laughs> seventy six or sixty seven? What was it? It's seventy pounds, and it's a nineteen. It's a sixteen twenty two Atosha silver bar. Wow, a real silver bar from the wreck of the Atosha, right here on display, and you can lift it up just to kind of feel well, how I heavy it was. I could lift it up. I don't think you could. No, lift I did. It up. I've done it before on the last oh, trip yeah, we were down okay. here. What do you mean? Oh, yeah. There, there's a. Uh, audio proof and video and pictures and everything of me doing that where i didn't want to show you guys up this time i wanted you know the when you bring up you know people that have never been to the exhibit to the history diving museum you you want them to experience everything for the first time and kind of you know pick up on their energy so i I didn't want to step on you know uh mark the shark's fins i think you're narking greg no i am not i'm not but but you know it's a universal feeling you get from everybody that comes here just the other people that are walking around the exhibit while we're touring around with lisa you can tell everyone's really impressed with what you have down here and one thing that is really we talk because we're talking on scuba radio so we're talking to divers we know what community we're talking to but about a third of the people that come to the museum aren't divers they've never put their head in the water they've never snorkeled they just come because they want to see the cultural experience and it's four thousand years of history there's something that speaks to everybody that's right it's uh, the sea connects us all you know i i I totally agree and years ago people even said uh, that uh, listening to scuba radio was like watching shark week on the discovery channel right it didn't matter if you were a diver or not. I think that does kind of apply a little bit to the history of diving uh, museum. Not so much the shark thing, but just the adventure, especially the early days of diving when they were creating this technology or this equipment. And you see the progression of, of what it's uh, evolved into what we dive with today. It is a fascinating story, especially when you see those early things. Like, you know, there's this one thing right at the beginning, this big wooden barrel that they used to get inside 
and uh, had a little uh, porthole in the bottom of it, and a guy jumped in the barrel, and I, I don't know what you, how you would describe that thing. is just weird looking. Can you imagine the first diver that hopped in that thing and uh, did that? So he's describing the Lethbridge barrel that was used for salvage operations, and yes. <laughs> crazy. Crazy. The yeah. first one atmosphere suit. Yeah. I mean, it goes back to Neil Watson days. You know, when he did all the crazy stuff before they knew better, you know, and just breaking rules and that we would never even consider today. But, you know, you have to have those pioneers that – they kind of, you know, set the pace and, and, you know, find out what the limits are that we don't want to exceed, right? That's true. And people that come through that are diving now and they get to the push button diving and the display at the very end where we always, we generally show from old to new. So they're happy that they're not diving the double hose steel cylinders, um, fins that weigh, you know, two pounds a piece and they can just push buttons look at a computer and swim out yeah you know you're getting a little uh, up there though when you, some of the equipment they have on display is in the middle of the exhibit and they're like i used to have one of those but that's a whole different problem all right more coming up from the florida keys next on the world's first radio show devoted to diving this is the worldwide scuba radio network <laughs> surface interval is complete. You are now clear to dive with Scuba Radio. Scuba Radio. The world's first radio show devoted to diving. Scuba Radio. Dive, dive, dive. We have champions from every continent, so please, everyone, turn their name to We are dive champions, my friends. Let's be friends. This is the world's first radio show devoted to diving and diving champions like Scuba Radio. We actually had that award at the Dima Show a few years ago. They're going to do that again in November, and we'll see Lisa from the History of Diving Museum there at the big event in New Orleans. I can't wait for that. But uh, she has taken us down the road just uh, right by uh, Bud and Mary's Marina, mm-hmm. where our friends from uh, Moat Marine Laboratories are working on this coral reef restoration. And we have Aaron with us. Aaron, welcome. How are you doing? I'm great. Thanks so much for having us on today. Absolutely. You know, thanks for uh, tolerating our uh, group. I mean, it was only because of Lisa that you allowed (laughs) us into this facility, right, Lisa? (laughs) Well, I wouldn't say that, but they are open to the public for tours on Tuesdays. That's all all we had to know, as long as she didn't give her any heads up of what she was getting herself into. But she gave us a nice little uh, tour that anybody can participate in. If you come down here to the Keys and and go to moat.org, what was it, backslash... Florida Keys? It's backslash Keys Tours to learn how you can come and interact with any one of Moat's three facilities here in the Florida Keys. Nice, and it's pretty cool. They have like these little uh, spa pools, you know, uh, you know, for uh, baby coral or coral fragments that you're growing to help populate the reefs uh, here in the Keys and God knows where else. And uh, you're growing coral. 
to, to repopulate the reef, right? We are, and it's a great way to get up close and personal with coral restoration without actually having to get wet. So if you get blown off the water someday and want to see how the magic happens behind the scenes and how our scientists grow resilient corals to outplant back onto the reef, you can come join us here at the nursery. Yeah, and, and it's fascinating to uh, hear what they uh, are doing and, and the success that you've had already. It, it's pretty remarkable. I mean, God knows we need every uh, you know feather in the cap that we can get to help uh, save the corals all around the world, let alone the Florida Keys. But you are having some success, especially growing them at a rate that they could never grow out out, out, out in the wild. You were telling me that these little baby corals, fragmented, uh, you know, that you grow in these little... Uh, coral uh, saunas or spas or jacuzzis or whatever are growing how fast compared to what they would grow in the wild? Most scientists have developed a, a technique called microfragmentation that accelerates the growth of these corals 50 to 60 times over what we, we could achieve in mother nature. Wow, that is impressive. And, and you take these uh, baby corals, you put them out on the roof, uh, reef and, and put them together, epoxy them to a rock or something. Next thing you know, a few months later, they're you know, fusing together and creating a whole new uh, ecosystem. Is that the, that, that's what's happening already, right? That's the idea, and Moat focuses on a science-based approach because we're able to identify traits in each genotype of coral that tells us, you know, where we might want to outplant that coral, what beneficial traits that coral might be able to pass on to its offspring. And then we're outplanting these clones of one another, basically, in these arrays so that they can fuse together and create a larger coral colony much faster because time is of the essence. We, we need to accelerate this process as much as possible. I'll tell you what, and I think this is the future too. I, I, my, the wheels in my brain are already turning there, CJ. I don't know if you're thinking the same thing, but once they figure this out perfectly for coral, I think we ought to use it on the Scuba Radio Scuba Squad. Take people like Jerry, Barry, Vinny, and Casey, merge them together into one viable human being. Or at least chuck them in a tub. Yes, exactly. I, they would be game for that, for sure. I mean, because it is uh, pretty cool. But, but yeah, I mean, uh, we've had a lot of challenges. You hear a lot of stuff in the news right now with the water temps really having a drastic effect on coral around the world. But, but there is some bright, uh, bright lights or uh, bright side to some of the stuff going on. And, and we have one of the guys from Keys Divers. What, what's your name? Michael Goldberg. Michael, you, you actually take the divers out to, uh, uh, you know what, monitor some of the reefs at uh, Moat Marine and Aaron and the gang are uh, putting out there or what? So when uh, they were talking about how many corals they put out in 2022, my foundation, I Care, was responsible for about 25% of those corals. Excellent. And those are put out by over 90% just recreational divers. And so we are outplanting those corals and also doing all the maintenance and monitoring of those corals using MOATS protocols. I love this. And, and I Care stands for? On water conservation and restoration education. That's I one like hell it. of a mouthful. I care. I'll just go with that. <laughs> That's right. Mike from I care. But but you guys are, are like the citizen, uh, you know, uh, scientists getting out there and assisting people like Aaron and Moat with that technology and trying to get the you know fins out there to to plant all this stuff and and monitor them accordingly. Are you seeing some success uh, with the dives that you do, or what do you think? We are absolutely seeing some amazing success. It has been a trying year, obviously, with the warm water. We don't want to make any make light of that. Right. But the bouldering corals that we put down, the brain corals and the star corals, which we monitor every week, they are absolutely thriving despite 
the high water temperatures. Mm. I was just diving with them yesterday, and they look wonderful. Really? So the boulder corals, like what, are you talking like a brain coral type of thing, or what? What, mm. what do you uh, What do you mean? When I say boulder corals, it could be a, a brain coral, it could be a star coral. Those are what we call our massives. Right. Um, those ones seem to be more tolerant at an early stage of their life to the warm waters than some of the branching corals, which were in even more shallow water. But even then, some of the, the bouldering corals that we put in the shallow waters are still alive and quite healthy. Well, good. That's good to hear. I mean, so, the, so those type of corals are faring a little bit better with the latest you know, warm water emergencies we're dealing with. The staghorns and those type are having a little bit more of a challenge. Is that what's going on, Aaron? That's true, um, but even within those branching species that seem to be a little more susceptible, you know, Moat has identified genotypes within, like, the staghorn species that show more tolerance to heat. And so, and we've actually bred through our reproductive programs um, new genotypes of these corals that we hope pass on those beneficial traits of their parents. So take a heat tolerant mom and a, you know, a ocean acidification tolerant dad. And we're finding that those offspring are carrying forward those traits that are going to make them more successful. And so we have even our staghorns out there that we selected for being heat tolerant are still performing really well out there. So it's showing that science is is giving us the path forward for successful restoration in spite of some of the really challenging circumstances our oceans are currently facing. I love it. Moat.org is the website for all the science. And then uh, iCare's website, Mike, if they want to dive with you and become a citizen uh, scientist or diver just to assist with this whole project or just, you know, feel good about doing a dive that might make a difference, how, how can they uh, be a part of your program? iCareAboutCoral.org. That's simple enough. I love it. And you guys are obviously a pretty good team. Uh, You get along pretty well, you think, Aaron? It's an incredible partnership. It allows each of us to maximize what we do best. Uh, iCare has built an incredible program engaging the recreational dive community with this really important work, and we're thrilled to be able to to have this partnership with them. Well, there you go. What do you think, Lisa? Well, and this is why we're collaborating with organizations like this for our, our Dive Into Art Coral Creations exhibit that will be on display at the History of Diving Museum. So this message is not only on your fabulous radio station, but it'll hit the 23,000 visitors that come through the museum in the Keys. you got to love it. Uh, DivingMuseum.com. Org. .org. It's a .org. I mean, I, you know, I, I get DivingMuseum.org. There you Open go. daily, 10 to 5. That's Lisa's job to keep me in line on this kind of stuff. <laughs> God bless her uh, for it. But yeah, you know, great work down here in the Florida Keys. Uh, we didn't get to dive this time, but maybe if you'll have us, we'll come down and uh, dive with uh, Dive Care. Aaron, if you'll have us, uh, we'll jump in the, your coral jacuzzi. But is that possible? <laughs> Okay, she said no. Get the hell out. All right, and uh, we're out of time, so it's good timing for that. Uh, Till next week, remember, it's always better. Where, gang? Down where it's wetter. Safe diving, everyone. Captain Ron to Jock Gusteau. They all know Scuba Radio. On the boat and down below, if you want to stay in the know. If you be pressurized there, you'll want to be there on Scuba Radio. Let's go! Scuba Radio. Scuba.
Central Radio is a production of Overboard Entertainment Incorporated. This seems the logical place for fish to congregate. Remember, you can listen live or to archives of past editions of Scuba Radio worldwide over the internet at scubaradio.com. So we're in international waters? Indeed so. Tell a friend and buddy up with your radio every week for Scuba Radio, the world's first radio show devoted to diving. Well, it's all very nice here, but we should be going. I miss me wife and me oxygen. Yes, we all miss our loved ones and gases. Let's go. The opinions you just heard on Scuba Radio are those of the hosts, callers, and guests. Okay, you know, what I just heard? Blah, 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 blah. They are not necessarily those of any station or network, its management, or advertisers. Come on, quit yanking me. Scuba diving does involve risk and should never be conducted without proper instruction and training. Oh, what's the worst thing that could happen? I could die. Have any questions or comments? Feel free to do so via the web at scubaradio.com. <laughs> 